You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. How do you feel? How do you feel? Run into summer with winter on your heels. How do you feel? How do you feel? Are you all right, for this episode, we'll be talking about the Bo Brummels and their album Triangle. In the room, I have Rob, Ben, and Adam. Triangle is the fourth studio album by the American rock band The Bo Brummels, released in July 1967 on Warner Brothers Records, and it was produced by Lenny Warrenker. The genre is folk rock, country rock, psychedelic pop. After poor reception to their 1966 album, Bo Brummel's 66, that consists of cover songs, guitarist Don Irving was drafted into the armed forces and drummer John Peterson quit to join the pop rock band Harper's Bazaar. By early 1967, the three remaining members, vocalist Sal Valentino, guitarist Ron Elliott, and bassist Ron Migger, quit touring to focus on studio work. For their next album, Triangle, the band met with Warner Brothers producer Lenny Warnker, uh, who gave the band freedom to resume recording original material. According to Elliot, Lenny Warnker wanted to do something creative, and I was up for that. During the album's recording sessions, Meager left the group when he was called to active duty in the Army Reserves. Valentino said Triangle was partially inspired by several day trips he took to California Palace of the Legion of Honor, a fine art museum in San Francisco. He admired the collection of the 17th century Flemish portraits and landscape paintings, from which dark yet incandescent hues emanated. Elliot described the album as a mythological cartoon about love written from some weird spaces, and explained it as sort of a mood swing into the world that was around us at the time. It was sort of dissolving into this drug culture. So the music became very ethereal, mystic, and mysterious. Whatever the interpretation, Triangle stands as a crowning achievement of poetic folk beauty for the band. What did we think of Triangle by Bro Bromos? Uh, uh, less than enthused. Okay, Honestly. Uh, going into this, all I knew about Bo Brummels was their previous hit, Laugh Laugh, which kind of sounds like an American Beatles ripoff, but in a, in a good way. Uh, I, I thought Laugh Laugh was a really cool song. It's got a really neat harmonica line. And it's catchy. It gets stuck in my head. Uh, this album, I don't know, just gets stuffy. It's just like... It, it, That's a really great word choice. Thanks. Huh. I, I, yeah, I was I'm not seeing that, so tell me what you mean by stuffy. Well, I get that uh, they weren't touring because uh, yeah. the uh, guitarist had... They, they dropped out, so they became a three-piece. The, well, then, and then the, but their existing remaining guitarist uh, had diabetes, and touring wasn't really an option for them, mm-hmm. so they became just a studio band. And this was their result of, uh, of just spending a lot of time in the studio... And, I don't know, it, it almost, it just sounds like they should open a window and let the rock in, you know. It, it. Ben, I totally uh, 
Maybe now's a good time to jump in if I'm not interrupting. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's just, I completely agree. I was trying to think of, like, what, like, when I hear this record, it just, I may as well just be hearing white noise. I just, I I don't feel like anything ever happens on this album. It gets Bacharachy. It's, I completely, that was actually, that was one of my references. Thanks. And it's just, uh, I was going to say the same thing. I just don't really hear anything happening <laughs> and uh it's so weird it just feels feels very bland um like i would if i was gonna listen to something like this i would rather put on like some of the more like fun like john denver or something um i don't like this you know whereas like sometimes some of the psychedelica they're just like too out there and they're doing this like goofy stuff this sounds like He's doing like a sort of Bob Dylan voice, which I'll get into later, which is a huge thing that I, I'm interested to talk to you guys about. But like, I was I, almost getting like a Roger Miller thing from his voice. This the song that we're hearing right now in our, in our headphones. I, I had a, so, a I love a little Roger bit of a Miller. Lou Reed okay. feeling. Oh, yeah. Well, I hear that too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. This song has a bit of a Roger Miller vibe, but uh, and I love Roger Miller, but like. I just these songs are very unmemorable. I don't feel like the lyrics are ever standing out in any way that would that you would remember a song. It's like they're mystical, but they're not Led Zeppelin. <laughs> well, who who else is Led Zeppelin? <laughs> I mean, seriously, uh, I, I got nothing. I don't know. Like, I got nothing on I, this. I felt like it was interesting. I I've never heard uh, Bo Brummel, so this was my first introduction to them, and uh, I started listening to it, and I was like, this is it's like that folk. That weird folky, weird, really. I mean, it's it's about like it's about like the the, is like the the subject matter. It's like about hobbits and shit. Like not specifically Tolkien's hobbits, but it like it seems like there's this weird like mystical like. That we're about to get into the obsession with that that you hear in so much music, like Like, this thread that's going through the whole thing, like. The magic hollow and the wolf and the velvet fortune. Yeah, and that's that was why I referenced. But they're not Zeppelin. Like Zeppelin gets away with it. They do it because Zeppelin because they add a level of um, uh, intensity to these fantastical subjects. Like you know, there's there's a couple moments where they reach a little bit more and they and they challenge. The, the song but the music never fits the subject matter for me it's like it sounds really like i don't know i i honestly i think they may just be a victim of that period in time and like the influences that were coming around it i didn't like it at all um i can hear a little bit like i, I didn't know about him like getting inspired by going and checking out paintings which might make a lot more sense with some of the subject matter that's mm-hmm. covered in it mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, in the day, like they're, they're, what, they're named after the, uh, the late 1700s aristocrat, right? Uh, guy who was like the, uh, I invented fashion and then ended up dying in the, in the same asylum, uh, looking shabby. <laughs> I did not realize. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, um, uh, uh, somehow, uh, Magic Hollow is supposed to be like one of the greatest like lyrical psychedelic folk songs yeah. top 200 is a top 200 that all music gave yeah van dyke parks is uh, on that wait, the top 200 of psychedelic of folk songs i know i know I, <laughs> I mean i believe that's probably on that list i yeah. couldn't i couldn't name you five um <laughs> wow but yeah i 
I listened to it a couple of times through, and then nothing grabbed me. And old my old Kentucky home just made me mad. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just uh, I, I wrote next to it, "Leave Uncle Robert alone." <laughs> <laughs> the love of passion is too real. The resin sunstream is to feel. The cleansing rain is to reveal the freshest hour. The time and motion, it is there to move the seasons on To share the sun and rain and move them where the seed will flower And grow, revealing all the life that will remain That knows, all life is one through loving sun and rain Life is a circle, there's no doubt I just thought it was interesting. A lot of the stuff was interesting because it sort of brought in some people said, you know, almost like a Paris feeling, especially the what we're listening to right mm-hmm. now and sort of this other European sensibilities, I guess, to uh, to this kind of I, I guess I don't want to say weird. I want to say mystical, I guess. Birch, only two places made music, and that was <laughs> England, and it was fucking America. So you take up. Paris and go away. <laughs> I I want to say that I see what they're going for. Yeah. And even though like I was a little bit less enthused for it, I've, like, I've heard that this is a good record, and I've heard that the one that they did after this was a good record. I don't know whether or not it's in the book or not. This one's just got a picture of a barn on the cover. But I almost... I want to check that one out to see if like the sound fuller deve- like more fully developed or if it evolved at all. Because I'm going to give this one a, a negative review when you ask, but it's it's not like a hard negative. It's kind of like where... I feel like they were on the cusp of something and they didn't quite achieve it for me. And I think if it had been like either pushed further or or something, if if like it's like they didn't have all of the factors in the equation. I think if they'd I think that if a few factors had changed, I could have changed this to a positive vote from me. Yeah, okay. So I'll probably I'll, the album that came out after it, I'll probably give it a listen. You know? What's what's the song that we're hearing in our headphones right now? This is Magic Hollow. Because this is the one that's like the the closest that I heard to mm-hmm. achieving like the description that they are um, that you know that that all music guide gives it. Top which is, top two hundred baby. <laughs> well, but this song has a mystical vibe, but like to call the first like six seven whatever tracks mystical is hilarious. It's just like no, those are just. Very standard. When I think mystical folk, I think like Donovan, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, I mean, T Rex, yeah, Tyrannosaurus Rex, like the the early stuff. Yeah, totally. Like Beard of Stars. Yeah, exactly. Beard of Stars. And um, I remember Jackson gave me a mix of that many years ago. But um, but yeah, like I agree. Um, You want it to be like truly weird. And. Mm And they, they, as the record goes on, it gets more like that a little bit, but it's They're it's just always right just a there band. On, on the edge. Huh? It's always just a band, and they, like he wiggles his voice a little bit more and like changes the lyrics a bit. They're almost mystical, but they're still in turtlenecks or something mm-hmm. to yeah. me. It just all blended the turtles and the <laughs> beatniks. <laughs> but I do think there's this like I th- I hear I think there's this yeah 
I think there's this influence of like this like Bob Dylan thing going on. Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. a cover? I feel like there's a Bob Dylan cover on this. Um, there's one I there's thought. There's a that, Randy Newman cover. Uh, I think sense. Old Kentucky Home's Randy Newman. Yes, it is. But, um, uh, Merle Travis. There, but uh, there's no Bob Dylan. Okay, but I feel like uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I they were very influenced by Bob Dylan. Oh, he's copping a yeah. Bob Dylan yeah. on the Old Kentucky Home. Real can we hard. Yeah, can we talk about? So I want to talk about Bob Dylan voice a little bit. Yeah, because I had this sort of revelation. <laughs> um, so. Basically, the Bob Dylan voice is has been currently in for in current music for maybe like what year is it right now? Just it, for posterity's sure, sake. Sure, it is twenty eighteen, summer of summer of eighteen. Um, it's been in for maybe like eight years, and there's so many people copping the Bob Dylan style. And I remember the first couple groups that I heard doing it, um, I was like, "Oh, Bob Dylan voice is back!" And then it was like, "Oh my God, everybody's <laughs> doing this. This is insane!" and so um, I, then I started to think about it, and I was like, well, how does this relate to the podcast? Because it made me think, did Bob Dylan invent Bob Dylan voice? And I thought, well, here I've got some people who know more about music history like, uh, than I do um, and might have some input on that. Because when I hear this, I hear him doing the inflection that multiple Bob Dylan records have, are out at this point. He's, he's a hit. Obviously, he's a huge influencer of music at this time. Um, you know, incredible songwriter with a distinct voice and style. Um, like, do we do we have anybody that Bob Dylan that lifted that voice from, or is he the source? I mean, you could say Woody Guthrie a little bit. That's that's the obvious <clears throat> choice, but, but but Bob Dylan is definitely the recognized and yeah. Yeah, first the there was pro- nothing. Like I know that, that he like Woody Guthrie was his idol, and like yeah, that yeah. was like that's the one that you that's the precursor that you always think of when you think of. But Bob I think Dylan. yeah, I mean if you're saying Bob Dylan voice, it's because yeah. everyone's the association the association with him. In the beginning, there was nothing, <laughs> and then there was Uncle Robert, <laughs> and he was all right. And this. Definitely is an affectation that he's putting on his voice. Like the yeah. earlier Bo Brownells, like I said, sounds like the Beatles. And I, I forget if he if he does like a British accent or whatnot, but it, it doesn't sound like Dylan voice. It sounds like British Invasion voice. And that's what bugs me about this kind of music is like my... I can hear 30... I heard 30 seconds of this record and Sarah had the same reaction was... like, And my immediate <laughs> yeah. reaction is this is not genuine music. And like... This is not somebody making their music, and maybe it's that maybe it's the voice, maybe it's just the singer. It just sounds like he's singing with somebody else's I think voice. Musically, yeah. so, uh, musically and lyrically, it sounds like they're. It sounds like they're from a band like like from a band that was written off as just like another Dave Clark Five yeah. to put out an attempted, almost achieved psychedelic folk record. It seems like they're they're trying to live their best life, you know. Like yeah, you know, I, that's just, a, that's the thing. I think I give this this one a lot of credit because it was my first time hearing it, and I see what where they were going. Mm-hmm. It probably helps. I mean, knowing some backstory and stuff, uh, just to kind of say, oh yeah, they actually were trying to go for this, and they were definitely this is like a standout of what they were doing at the time, and so it, it just kind of heightens a little bit. And also, I'm a Big fan of Velvet Underground, and this reminded me a lot of. Oh, that's so interesting. Of that I don't hear that. Velvet but... Underground. Velvet Baccarat. Well, 
Maybe. the sort of like echoey um, harpsichord. Uh, <laughs> that that could is. I think I like I, in I always hear the song first. I hear the yeah. I hear the vocal. I think when I hear a song, like I'm always interested by the comments you guys have mm-hmm. and what stands out. Like I, like I definitely did not notice the harpsichord mm-hmm. much. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah, when I listen for it, of course. But, yeah. But I always think about the vocal melody, the vocal performance, and the. Uh, the structure of what's happening in the song. Yeah. And that's like what I hear first. And then the other stuff sort of fills in later. Uh, if I, if I have time to reflect on what I've heard. They also have like very heavy echoes within the, the instruments and everything being put, which is the velvet underground, you know, kind of style. It just has the echo, the reverb, the the echo on, it sounds, everything sounds like it's in a huge, you know, cathedral or something. The hall sound. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that hall sound is definitely starting to come in vogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, the band appeared as themselves uh, and performed in 1965 science fiction comedy Village of the Giants, which was later fe- featured in MST3K. Hmm. Uh, uh, they were also on the Flintstones. On the Flintstones. <laughs> really? <laughs> the Bo Brummelstones. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Love it. Love the Flintstones, guys. <laughs> Big fan of Bedrock. Uh, definitely some uh, choice uh, pictures later on in life. Oh, <laughs> As yeah. I discovered. That, that, that family photo. <laughs> Very oh, yeah. much a dad. <laughs> a lot of dads. <laughs> yeah, it's like Full House. All right, so how do we feel, ultimately? You got a, you got a positive, neutral, I, negative. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go negative on this one. Okay. okay. I don't hate it. But, like, it's just not working for me. And, like, I mean, there's moments of the of the mystical that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. But I just always want them to, like, I want there to be a moment of darkness more often. And I think I have to go with negative. It's just, like, it just always feels a little too, like, I think Ben has been great at using great adjectives, like, and descriptors. Turtlenecks, man. Like, <laughs> it just feels like. I feel like when I'm hearing people talk about like magic, like I want it to be like wizards shrieking and <laughs> massive guitar dragons. solos and dragons. I want to feel like there's a dragon in the room and he's not pleased with me. Like th- this just isn't the kind of mystical that interests me. I mean, okay. This is some Puff the Magic Dragon. As far as Dark's concerned, um, I mean, did you listen to the lyrics to And I've Seen Her? Yeah. Uh, Go on. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe not. Do you have them pulled up by any chance? Yeah. 
It's oh, a, just the track. I guess I was talking more about like the the performance. Oh, it's straight up stalker. It's it's a it's a dark, wrong kind of dark. Dark little thing. Yeah, that's the bad dark. <laughs> like, uh, for, I'll I'm probably just gonna go neutral on this, uh, just because I, I don't I don't dislike it. I think they have a lot of cool ideas and they got some cool harmonies and different arrangements and it's, it's it's you're right. I, I agree with you, Ben. I'm glad you you you're kind of on the same page where. Where it's like, man, could have been. It's like one of those things where it's just like you see the vision, but maybe not su- such a classic that I would go out and just recommend it to everyone. No, I would never recommend this to anybody. Yeah, yeah, in, fact, in fact, I'd say actively avoid avoid this. In you, fact, avoid the years nineteen sixty seven to nineteen sixty nine. There's stuff in there though. Look out! You're gonna like records. I promise you. Um, you know what? And I think to go back to what you were just saying, yeah. Birch, just going back to what Ben said. Um, you know, the falsetto, uh, like, I think part of what doesn't work about the record is this, like, you know, like, this kind of tone doesn't, it's not the right way to sing about the stuff that he's singing about, and so you don't even, like, hear him almost. When you hear the falsetto, you're kind of like, oh, this is a little spooky or a little weird. Yeah. And, like, you just have to choose the correct voice for the song, you know? And I just don't think he ever thought about, like, like... The, the whole big picture of what he could be doing. I mean, instrumentally, uh, Magic Hollow, like, it it wasn't the lyrics that, like, brought me out of it. It was a fucking bell tree. Hmm. Oh, you don't like the bell tree? Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I... <sighs> eh, oh, well. I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, next time we'll be talking about the Monkees album, Headquarters. <laughs> Thanks all. The world, taking in all of them pretty young girls. Take them, they don't get better. No, old love is for memories that has happened before. Not of what's coming, but just once more. And it don't get better There's old summertime In all of his sunshine He's that good old time When all the girls are into the crime yeah. And they'll never look better